In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm still in Germany and I'm here with Kyle Kelly. Kyle, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. It's finals week here at John Carroll University in Cleveland, Ohio. So it's been pretty busy. I know, uh, you know, more as well as anyone, my sleep schedule has been a little messed up. I've been pretty busy with all, all the studying and stuff going on, but uh, definitely, it's great to take a quick breather and uh, talk some Cleveland Browns. Mate, I want to ask you one non-NFL-related question. Did you watch the Barcelona-Liverpool game? I did not. I'm not a soccer guy, but I did hear about it. I Liverpool put it into overtime, and they ended up winning it, right? Is that right? They were 3-0 down in the, in the first leg, and they came back and won 4-0 against Barcelona. It's just like yeah, a, that's insane. That's crazy. insane. But anyway, we're an NFL podcast and not a soccer podcast. So, Kyle, first of all, what's your uh, thoughts on the uh, Browns draft this year? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I mentioned to you beforehand that I really like talking about the Browns, but uh, uh, not, I mean, amazing – because of course, I mean they didn't have a first-round pick or anything, so there's not a lot of, a lot of big names. But I, I think it was pretty good. I think it was definitely above average uh, with the guys that came away, came away with. They they had a lot of depth. You look at Greedy Williams, the guy they picked in the second round, absolute steal. I think that's going to turn out to be a really really big pick for John Dorsey. A little bit concerned that now they have two corners on the roster. Uh, two starting corners, that is, and Denzel Ward and uh, Greedy Williams likely will start. Uh, both not great tack- tacklers, but like John Dorsey said, that these guys are paid to cover. So uh, I, I, I think the Greedy Williams pick was really good pick. Uh, also, uh, Sion Takitaki, a guy not a lot of people really knew, especially uh, people here in Cleveland. It was a, definitely a name that was surprised, but Elliot Wolf kind of came out afterwards and – he had a lot to say about Taki Taki. It sounded like it was a guy that the organization felt strongly about, That think a guy that they think can do a lot for the Browns in terms of the linebacker position, probably just start out as more of a backup, you know, pop in for a couple plays, a series, and pop back out, more special teams guy to start. But I know they like his athleticism and upside. So I think those two for, two picks there in the draft are pretty good. Of course, they added Sheldrick Redwine and his safety out of Miami. Uh, okay pick. We'll add some depth in that defensive back room. And it, the pick that I really like is this Mac Wilson guy out of Alabama. Any Anytime you, got it, you draft a guy out of Alabama, you know he's going to be a pretty good football player one way or another. Uh, that Austin Seibert pick, a kicker from Oklahoma, a little bit questionable, especially in the fifth round. And, of course, the last two picks, Drew Forbes and Donnie Lewis, Jr., there's no guarantees there that both those two make the team, but I know the Browns 
I mean, obviously, obviously, because they draft them, they they feel strongly about those two guys. Forbes as a guy that can be versatile and go from either tackle to guard, and Donnie Lewis Jr., who's a guy that you know they kind of feel they got a little bit of a steal uh, falling in the seventh round. He's coming off an injury, which he uh, suffered in the East and West Shrine game. So uh, that, that's a guy that you know, obviously, the Browns will hope can develop into a big time depth depth piece here. Uh, maybe see some playing time towards the end of the season, obviously make a uh, impact on special teams. So would would you give it a grade A or a grade B? Tough question. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's so hard to give draft grades. Uh, I, I think they, you know, they pretty much filled uh, all their needs. You know, I, I think offensively they kind of, they only drafted one offensive player, but they didn't really have a lot of needs there. They, I, I wish they would have drafted a, a defensive lineman, especially defensive tackle. But overall, when when I see a, try to give a grade, I I, I think a, a B is a fair grade. Uh, I, the Greedy Williams pick is you know what really is kind of has my eyes open. Maybe a B plus there, but I mean it it's just quite frankly it's not a sexy draft. It's the only I mean there's a, just a lot of depth pieces there. And most of the reason is because our 17 pick is Odell Beckham Jr. So if you're throwing him in there, this is an A-plus draft. But, uh, you know, with the strategy they had coming in and, and what they ended up doing, uh, I, I think it's a pretty solid draft. I, I give it a B. Yeah, I think that's fair. I go A-minus, but I'm a little bit more positive than you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, no. And um, – I wanted to discuss the uh, D-line with yourself. Me and Jack started covering it on our uh, weekly uh, podcast. But um, how do you see it looking? Starting with the defensive ends, who do you, um, who do you, who do you see uh, making the roster? And how many defensive ends do you reckon are going to make the roster? Is it going to be five, six, five? Yeah, so, you know, my kind of guess is I think the Browns would like to carry around nine defensive linemen on the roster. I think that's a pretty pretty fair amount. Four defensive ends, four defensive tackles, you know, in that area. Maybe add one additional guy. Uh, it, I know they have a lot of defensive backs on the roster, so that could uh, take away a guy or two from the defensive line spot. But in terms of defensive line, I mean, obviously Miles Garrett is one hundred percent guaranteed a lock. Uh, Olivier Vernon as well. They'll both be on the team. Uh, and then once we start getting into some of these depth guys, I think Chris Smith is a guy that you're going to see on this team next year. They really like uh, his leadership, and he, he, he's a good – he's just a solid player. I mean, you can pretty much use him anywhere. Uh, he's, not, he's not real flashy, but he makes the plays when needed. Uh, and then this is where it starts to get interesting after you're done talking about those last three because then you have Chad Thomas, the third-round pick last year from Miami of Florida, quite frankly, doesn't really seem invested uh, in football. He, he has a music career that uh, he is very, very invested in, and he, you know, he pretty much puts a lot of time into that. I follow him on Instagram, very interesting Instagram account, by the way, and pretty much all he does is just music and you know, recording and touring and all kinds of stuff. He's a rapper, and it just doesn't seem like he's real committed to football. I mean, people kind of ask him, and he 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 kind of 
I mean, it makes it sound like he still has a goal of being a successful NFL player, but I just don't know. John Dorsey thinks that Chad Thomas is going to have a decent year as a rotational player next year, but I just don't know if I see that happening. Uh, you know, the guy that was a healthy scratch for the majority of the end of the year, and when he did play in the beginning of the season, you just get absolutely blown off the ball, just didn't seem ready to be in the NFL. So he's a big-time question mark. I would say probably a 40% chance he makes a team right now, potentially a little bit higher depending on his camp. Then you have Anthony Zettel, a guy the Browns added uh, deep in the uh, deep into the season there, got him from the Lions off the waiver wire. Didn't really see a lot of action, but when he did, he was okay. Uh, another guy with not a lot of upside. I think he'll have a little bit of an uphill climb to make the team. I, I give his chance probably about 30, 25%. And then there's a couple of these others, guys, uh, Jarrell Owens, a uh, guy they added, I believe undrafted free agent. You know, of course that's going to be a guy that will probably end up on the practice squad or whatnot. So, you know, some of the, you know, like I kind of mentioned, you know, those, the first three in Smith, Garrett and Vernon are absolute locks. Chad Thomas is questionable, but I, I don't think they're done adding pieces there at defensive end. I, I, I think that Dorsey would probably – I don't know who's out there exactly, but I think he would probably like to add uh, one more piece to add some competition to that room. Yeah, there's one player that I'm keeping my eye on. is a Watt Ray, um, undrafted free agent. Huh. Um, he's meant to be one of our best talent in, as an undrafted free agent, so I'm really interested to see if he makes the uh, roster. Yeah, me as well. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't had the chance to really uh, keep up with the undrafted free agents uh, a whole lot. So, you know, I, I, I knew uh, some of the, you know, some of the local guys from Cleveland, uh, they had a receiver and a running back. The running back actually just got cut. But, you know, it, with, with this roster, it's just going to be such an uphill climb for those guys to make this team. You know, in years before, I think that the Browns, they, they were looking for some gems in undrafted free agency because their roster just did not have any players whatsoever when Sashi Brown was tearing it down. And and now it's it's pretty much that uh, they, got, they got their roster pretty much set. So a lot of those undrafted guys, I mean, they're really going to have to have a star-studded camp just to make the team. Yeah, let's say Avery's playing linebacker just to make it nice and simple. Mm-hmm. Who are your five defensive ends going to make the final cut? Yeah, so as of right now, uh, like I said, the fr- the three obvious ones and Garrett, uh, Vernon, and uh, Chris Smith. And if I had to go five, you know, I'll throw Chad Thomas in there just because he was a third round pick last year. And you know, my gut feeling is you know maybe Anthony Zettel, but I think that replacing Anthony Zettel could be a guy that uh, the Browns add. Uh, you know, potentially a little bit later here in the next couple of months. I'm not sure who would exactly be on their radar, but, you know, a, a, a potential veteran a free agent. Like I said, I'm not sure who's exactly on the market, but just something tells me that I don't, I don't know if Dorsey is going to be set with this, this defensive line heading into the regular season. Myself, I was a little bit more positive on Zettel than yourself. When I watched him, I thought he played uh, reasonably well. Yeah, he, he, the part of the issue was he didn't really get a lot of snaps last year. Uh, I know when he was coming uh, from Detroit that this was kind of a guy 
that I thought could potentially be a, a big time piece for the Browns, just making some plays. But he only I mean, had 150 snaps last year uh, on the defensive line, pretty much primarily. Uh, was a lot of that was special teams. Like he did play 72 snaps at right end. So, you know, really not a lot of not a lot of playing time for him, but you know when he did uh when he did play, he made a couple plays. I mean, just more of a depth piece um, more than anything is what I see Zettel uh, for the Browns this year. And uh, yeah, looking um at the defensive tackle, how do you see that panning out? Yeah, I mean, absolutely Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson at uh both defensive tackle spots. I mean, they're the way I see it as of right now, unless I add a guy, those two are going to be playing about 85, 90% of the snaps. I mean, Larry Ogunjobi hardly ever came off the field last year. And I'm really optimistic on Larry Ogunjobi. I think when you look at the strides he made from year one to year two, this is a guy that is a very good football player, a dominant pass rusher, interior pass rusher. Uh, those players are really hard to come by in the NFL. And there you go. Ogan Joby is a, you know, he is a force uh, on the defensive tackle there. Not only does he do such a great job rushing the passer, but he's also a great run stopper as well. So, you know, quite frankly, this is one of the best Sashi Brown picks during his tenure is Larry Ogan Joby. I really like what he's done and he's got two years left on his contract with the Browns. Like, you know, we will most likely be talking about extension for him uh, over the next year or so. But, I mean, he's really, really impressed me. And he's a guy, along with Miles Garrett, that are both going to be blue ch- or, you know, big-time uh, players on this team moving forward. And then you talk about Sheldon Richardson, a guy that, you know, when, when he was drafted, high expectations, had a big rookie year. Uh, had some really good years in New York, had a couple bad ones. I got traded, uh, went to the Seahawks, had an okay year there. Then signed with Minnesota was pretty underwhelming. And now the Browns are kind of taking the chance on him. They paid him pretty handsomely. I believe like it was like three years, 28 million or something around that range. He, he got paid a decent amount. So Sheldon Richardson is the guy that the Browns are definitely taking a chance on to pen to, uh, really make a mark next year and, you know, be an upgrade from Trayvon Coley. But talking about Coley, I think he's a guy that is going to make the team as a depth piece. He, the Browns signed him as a restricted free agent. He pretty much played, you know, a ton last year alongside Ogunjobi. Those two really weren't off the field, but obviously the Browns felt it was necessary to upgrade him with the addition of Richardson, but they still like him on the team. Then, uh, you know, you and I were kind of talking about Davari Lawrence out of New Orleans, a guy that the Browns acquired. And there is, like you mentioned, some draft capital there. And so I think that's a guy that will find himself on the roster. Uh, it, it is going to be pretty competitive uh, for him to make the team just because there's, you know, so many – I mean, quite frankly, there's so many guys on defense that they're probably going to have to retain, especially on defensive back. And, you know, defensive linemen are so hard to argue um, to kind of keep on your team because they can't really do much on special teams. You've got to keep a lot of defensive backs, a lot of linebackers, and a lot of skill guys on the offensive side to play special teams. And 
uh, you know, pretty much you can argue that the defensive line could play like field goal or whatever, but that's pretty much the offensive line. So I, I, I think it's going to be kind of tough uh, for Devari Lawrence to make the roster. I still think they're not done adding a piece at defensive tackle. I think that, you know, for both defensive end and defensive tackle, you can see you know, later in the summer, once guys get cut from other teams, that's when the Browns may make their mark. And, you know, of course, there's that talk about Geno Atkins. Could he, could he find his way to Cleveland? So, you know, it for Devari Lawrence, and I, it's going to be tough to see him making the roster, quite frankly. And then, of course, there's Carl Davis, a guy that the Browns re-signed. So they like him as well. Um, and then Daniel um, Akule, I, I just don't see it for him. So, you know, towards the back end of this roster and Lawrence Davis and Akule, uh, big-time question marks there. Uh, but I, th- I think Coley, uh, Coley is probably a lock. And, of course, Ogunjobi and Richardson. What about uh, Brian Price? Yeah, so I'm going to be honest. I really don't know a ton about Brian Price. Uh, obviously, defensive tackle – He's a guy that uh, spent some time in Green Bay. So, of course, Browns are uh, familiar uh, familiar of him from that standpoint. He was Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith added him in Green Bay as an unrestricted free agent. He uh, spent some time in Dallas and Oakland. Really hasn't had uh, a stable situation in his NFL career. Uh, he's currently listed as a second-team defensive tackle. But yet again, I, I just don't really see uh, see him making the team as of right now. Uh, he would have to have a really good camp. I just think that, uh, I you know, like I keep mentioning, I think that they're not done adding talent to that defensive line. Yeah, the way I see it is we've got Ogajobi and Richardson as our starting defensive tackles, Coley and Price as, as our rotational backups, mm-hmm. and then there's real three – uh, Davis, Lawrence, and yeah, a cool all fighting out for that fifth defensive tackle place. I'm really surprised that we didn't sign a load of undrafted free agent uh, defensive tackles. Yeah, I, you know it, that that does speak that they kind of have some confidence in the in the room they have now, especially uh, since they decide not to draft anyone. But, you know, some just tells me that John Dorsey has something up his sleeve uh, on the defensive line. I just don't think they're going to be done adding talent uh, to that room. They got – they need – they're one piece away on defensive line. And, you know, like I mentioned, I, I think that we could see kind of here do, towards the end of August when guys start getting cut, uh, I think that's when John Dorsey tries to make his mark. And, you know, like I mentioned, could we see uh, – uh, Gerald McCoy come here from Tampa Bay. I know there's rumors about that. John Dorsey, obviously not afraid to make a move. So that's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Uh, but yeah, with Lawrence, you know, like I keep, you know, kind of saying, it's so hard to try to argue to keep so many guys on the defensive line uh, because, you know, outside the, the starting four and, you know, maybe two or three rotational pieces – the, you know, after that, you got to really question uh, what their value is on the team. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this uh, pans out. I reckon there's potentially, definitely one or two defensive tackles we're bringing that could potentially make the roster, and maybe one defensive end. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much the way I see it. Uh, I think Chris Smith would be that guy at defensive end. Potentially Chad Thomas, if they can kind of uh, <laughs> put him, um, like, inside and outside. But, I mean, he, he, he could hardly play outside last year. So, you're going to really be throwing it throwing a dart at the board with him for next season. Me and Jack were discussing maybe um, Garrett would play three-tech or um, on Locked on Browns, they mentioned uh, Chad Thomas coming as a defensive tackle. Can you see anyone moving around on the D-line in a serious way? Uh, you know, I think with now that they have Sheldon Richardson – I think that will give uh, Ogan Joby the opportunity to primarily uh, play. I'm looking at his snap counts right now. So Ogan Joby last year uh, – shoot, my page isn't working. Okay, here we go. So, yeah, so his snaps by position. So last year he played obviously a ton of defensive tackle. Uh, did play a little bit of nose tackle as well. So I think when you add Sheldon Richardson, when you look at his snaps, that he's kind of taken over his career. Uh, but we'll we'll kind of look at last year in general. But played a lot of uh, three-tech, not a lot of nose tackle. So I think they're going to want to put, you know, I think Richardson and Ogunjobi can both be interchangeable at both those positions, that nose tackle and three technique. But I, I think that you know, my gut feeling is that they – they probably tried to start Ogunjobi at three-tech and then Richardson at nose tackle, even though uh, Richardson did not play a lot of nose tackle last year. And I just really think that there – I mean, there will be packages where they put Garrett at three-technique, but I think that, you know, Miles Garrett is one of the premier edge rushers in the NFL, and I think that's a guy that they're really going to want to keep on the edge um, for the majority of this year to get uh, get to the passer from the outside – same goes for Olivier Vernon. I think both those guys are going to want to keep on the edge. Even Vernon, uh, he played a little bit of outside linebacker last year for New Orleans. So, you know, I think now that the Browns have a Sheldon Richardson, it does give them um, a little bit more ability to keep Garrett as at his natural position on the outside at defensive end. Yeah, I agree. It's good. Yeah, I'm really interested about this D-line. I think it's the one – position room where we need that little bit more tinkering until it's going to be absolutely locked on. Yeah, there's, you know, like I said, there's going to be some moving parts. Uh, preseason will be very interesting to, to watch defensive line, how they manage these guys, where they're playing, how much they're playing. You know, Garen Ogunjobi played a ton last year. And, you know, if the Browns want to make a run in the playoffs, these guys aren't going to be able – to play, you know, 100% of the time uh, <laughs> during regular season games throughout the whole season. They're gonna be, their legs are going to be dead by the time postseason comes around. So hopefully uh, now with the addition of Vernon and Richardson that, you know, they, they kind of got some other pieces. We're thinking, you know, leave Vernon out there, bring Garrett off the field for a play or two, and then send him back out. Whereas last year, I mean, Garrett was going 100% every snap you know, very rarely did he even come off the field. Same thing with Ogan Joby as well. Mm. Another bit of news today. Odell plans to turn the Browns into new Pats. How do you feel about this? Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. We knew this is what we were getting when 
Uh, we went ahead and uh, trade for him. This is a guy that is our Cleveland Brown star, Odell Beckham Jr. He's he's a guy that we quite re- the Browns have quite frankly never had a personality like this before. Uh, I mean, they've had personalities in the locker room before, but not not to this extent with a guy that is uh, so talented as Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I I know this team is. Greedy Williams to, you know, everyone saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just kind of going crazy to think that two years ago we were one and thirty. The Browns were one and thirty-one, and now that we're talking to them as a potential Super Bowl contender, I love the optimism from OBJ. But I'm really interested to see how this season plays out. I think we're jumping the gun a little bit on the Browns. I mean, quite frankly, this roster is stacked. You know, first-year head coach and Freddie Kitchens. Uh, he's got a really good staff, but, you know, he is the first-year head coach. And Browns are going to be playing on primetime a lot. I think it's going to be an adjustment, but they got primetime guys. Baker Mayfield, he's a guy that shines under the lights. You look at Thursday Night Football last year. Odell Beckham, another guy that shines under the lights. Uh, for, for a couple of these guys, they haven't been in that position before. So, I think it's going to be a little bit of adjustment. I think there's going to be some growing pains throughout the season. But obviously, this roster is absolutely stacked. And I really love Odell Beckham Jr.'s uh, his, uh, optimism there with the whole Patriots thing. That would be incredible. But there's no other team in sports, and quite frankly, sports history. Maybe the Celtics and, uh, you know, in the early uh, or the mid-1900s or whatever when they were winning all those championships. But in the NFL, there's absolutely been no one else like the Patriots. And they've dominated the Super Bowl area. And, you know, they have six since 2000, I believe. They're just incredible. So I love the optimism. But uh, let's win the division first, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I agree on you on that. And, Carl, have you seen the um, NFL Reutemann, its first academy in the UK? Have you seen that at all in the news? I did not. That is really cool to hear. I know they have definitely been trying to put uh, more of a presence overseas and especially the Browns even have a guy uh you probably know him um I can't think of his name but they they signed that international guy uh, who's on the roster right now he's been here nearly three years now yeah so you know they're definitely trying to make their presence around the world uh adds to that money aspect so uh some good effort there but you know, I don't, I'm not really familiar with uh, football overseas. I know that here at John Carroll, our Division Three football team went over to Spain, actually, and played like the Spanish All-Stars, and they absolutely killed them. They killed them like 91-3 to or something. It was ridiculous. And I remember uh, that I was talking to some of the guys here at John Carroll that played in that game. They said that the guys on this quote-unquote Spanish All-Stars roster were literally asking – uh, the guy, the guys on our team, John Carroll, what the, what they should do uh, on the opposing team, what they should do while they're running the play. So I just don't know how – I mean, you obviously know more than me because you're overseas, you've lived there. Uh, I don't know what the influences of football outside of a little bit of fandom. Uh, so I, I think that's pretty cool for the NFL to start doing that. But and my question is, is the talent going to be there? Is, is, is that sustainable? Yeah, so this academy, they're going to try and get 80 kids, uh, like 16 to 18, 
put them on like an educational program Interesting. And, then, and then try and put them into the NFL. Huh. But like yeah, I said, I, ah, man, that's it's just so hard because, you know, the way I see it, I feel like just the other football, you know, soccer is such a such a big presence uh, overseas. I, I just, you know, football, American football is, you know, I just when I when I think of that, I just, you know, primarily in America, I know that the NFL has been try, going to London to try to, you know, kind of build that. Uh, you know, and obviously you mentioned the, the academy they have now, but I, I just don't know it. I mean, for you, do you really see this being beneficial? Do you think there's some guys from overseas that are actually be able to come here and impact in the NFL? Well, look at the uh, Scottish punter making all the noise at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's – he did, he played in college football. I mean, he played uh, over here, didn't he? Pretty sure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's played over here. So it's kind of interesting to see uh, just them trying to bring guys exclusively uh, from, from Europe. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to, to see anyway. So, uh, but, Carl, thank you so much for your time, mate. It's 4 o'clock in the morning here in Germany, and uh, yeah. it must be uh, 10 o'clock there where you are. So, uh, mate, it's yep, great to catch about. up. And thanks yeah. for your time. Yeah, thank you, as always. I really do appreciate it. And, mate, where can people find your details? Yep, at Kyle Kelly NFL on Twitter is where I'm tweeting all my NFL stuff and pretty much post all my right, uh, my written work there. So if you want to go ahead and shoot me a follow there, join the conversation, I'd be more than happy to talk Browns with you. Excellent. All right, Kyle. Go Browns. Yes, go Brownies. <laughs>